Joao. I'm Leo. And welcome to Do the Right Film Podcast, the KCL podcast about movies. How are you doing, Leo? Yeah, very fine. Thanks. It was a fun weekend. Yeah, very full packed. Not with movies, but <laughs> something else. Friends, I think. Yeah. I saw a movie. Oh. We're going to talk about it in a different podcast, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, as we said, a podcast about movies. We're bringing film conversation to the KCL campus, the campus that is so rich with film people and people who are interested in talking about movies and hopefully <laughs> listen to other people talk about movies. But before we do that, I thought it would be cool to introduce ourselves and what we're trying to do on this podcast. So do you want to open the waters? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, well, uh, my actual name is uh, Leonardo. I'm from Italy. Uh, I live nearby Monza, which is a small town uh, mostly famous for the Formula One competition. Um, I'm not passionate about cars, <laughs> uh, but well, that's it. Uh, it's a nice town. Um, well, my passion actually is movies, uh, movies and philosophy. Uh, in fact, I'm very happy to attend here in London at King's College my MA in film philosophy. Uh, I've always wanted to keep together philosophy and film and finally have the occasion because uh, film studies in Italy are very poorly followed and they're not real uh, a real academic uh, entity I think so it's yeah that's a shame but now we are here and we have to I don't know discover something new uh, well mm, I've always all I've, yeah in parallel with uh, my philosophy studies I've always been a film critic I've yeah I've started to write when I was 16, I started about, yeah, that age, writing about uh, TV series mostly. Uh, yeah, I watch a lot of TV series. Nowadays, I don't watch them anymore. It's, it's, it's too much, it's too long, and it's too heavy, too much work, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I still write about movies uh, for some magazines in Italy, and that's my thing, my relationship with criticism, I think. That's great. I have a similar journey. I'm also Italian. I'm half Italian, half Brazilian. I, have, I haven't lived in Italy and Brazil for that very, for very long. I've lived in different countries. And my relationship to movies, to me, it starts in 2017, I would say. I think I'm a year younger than you. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I started 2017 when films like Lady Bird and Get Out came out and I got a lot more involved in, in the film world. But I went on to study law as my undergraduate um, and I did specialize in media advertising and entertainment law and then I realized maybe I should just go straight into a more artistic career and so I decided to move to, to London and do uh, film studies MA like you at KCL at the same time actually I wanted to say that do the right film is not just the podcast it's also we're also on Instagram at do the right film we write about movies in a more interactive, you know, online platform. Yeah. So if you want to find more reviews and more information, probably a lot more eloquent than when we're speaking. That's that's where you can. Find yeah, that, that's one of the few spots I read. I read a lot of Joao on Instagram. It's one of the few spots in Instagram where you can actually read reviews and not just see images about the movies. That's that's the main trend now. 
That's true. But, you know, to each their own, and, and Instagram is a very visual platform. Yeah. So maybe I'm not doing it right. But <laughs> I'm doing it the way I want, which is what we're going to <laughs> what we're going to do here. But let's, let's talk about the podcast. I mean, as we said, we want it to be a center for movies, and we're going to have people in the KCL film community, I assume, here with us. People on our course, people in the, in the film society, people who are passionate to talk about them with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's interesting to open up to different kind of people and uh, different kind of perspectives, I think, with, you know, film enthusiasts, theater enthusiasts, uh, I don't know, performers, actors, uh, uh, maybe even theorists. Um, well, who knows? Yeah, who knows? There's so many people out there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a big city, yeah. It's, it's one of the biggest <laughs> unis in, in the country. Yeah. So it, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to have so many different types of people on this podcast. But in general, that's what we're trying to do. Just make a center, have a place for you, for you guys to engage with us and with the art form. Because we were, at least I was a little confused to see that there wasn't a film podcast or a film media platform in KCL yeah, at all. Yeah. And so we, we yeah. came through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether uh, you asked us or not. <laughs> well, in fact, in the, in the meanwhile, we'll talk about, you know, new releases. Uh, we, we will do some festival coverage. Uh, some, well, we have prepared one big festival coverage, yes. you will see. You will hear. It's going to be very long, and we apologize for that in advance. Yeah. Well, we will do some movie drafts, uh, probably, and based on year, genre, director, even type of movie, yeah. Have whatever. Have you done a movie draft before? No, never. First time. Yeah. Me that, either. Yeah. I've seen it being done in different podcasts. Yeah. And I thought it would be a cool, fun experience also to have two, one or two people on each um, draft that you know, isn't us and, and maybe bring up some competitive spirit. Always in, 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 good, in good fun because we're trying to promote and talk about movies. But, you know, sometimes compete a bit. Get a little hot-blooded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it, I think. Yeah. And we will also cover movie news. But not as a like full podcast thing, but more of a yeah, segment. like yeah, more yeah, more to keep up with you know what's happening in Hollywood, what's happening with the strikes, what's happening with the AI, the big the big stuff. Yeah. Mean. Lest we forget, there is a actor strike happening in Hollywood. Yeah, right now. of course. And then that's 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 a huge deal. We. We haven't really thought about this yet, but there is a possibility of maybe introducing interviews probably later in our run this year. But that's a possibility with, with uh, maybe some smaller filmmakers or film, uh, yeah. film people in the London community. Yeah, yeah, to get in touch with, you know, the London Film Society or even small, like, project uh, yeah, that usually don't get the attention they deserve, I think. So yeah, we want this to be an open space. We want this to be an informative space and not just us informing you, but you guys informing us. Uh, we want it to be an organic discussion. Um, and but we'll welcome you on it. Uh, email us. Oh, actually, where can they email? They can email actually at do the right film at outlook.com. Yeah, that's that the one. <laughs> that does exist, but you yeah, you can also go on the Insta account, uh, at Do The Right Film, and DM me 
you know, directly from there if you maybe have questions or you have an idea for a podcast and want to be with us for for one episode. Yeah, be great. it could be yeah, a monographic episode, for example, yeah. But yeah, enough about the podcast. Uh, you want to say anything else? No, no, I was thinking that the, probably we now will talk about something that we will ask you for like a presentation when you, when you come. Uh, well, that's just to know us better. Yeah, because we, we've been talking and talking and yeah. talking, but we haven't really talked about Hart and Booby personality. Yeah. Which everyone, the reason why I, I asked you to join me on this is because we have completely different. Different, movies. yeah, that's true. And we not only like different types of movies, but we talk about movies in completely different ways. Yeah. And as you said, you're you're very interested in film and philosophy and film and in you know thought and I'm not. But, but you you came from a different background, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's it's a different point of view. It's it's fun and it's uh enriching to interact with uh, different kinds of perspective on movie. So it's uh well. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that the first time I met you we were in the KCL Film Society event at the beginning, yeah. uh, like of the, yeah of September, and um, there was this like fun game that one can put their favorite movie like a tag, and I was thinking, how can you say you love just one that you have just one favorite movie? It's impossible to say that you have just one favorite movie. It's like th- it must be more, no? Yeah. Uh, so I, I've always think to know someone, to ask like four different movies that like, not just the favorite ones, but slightly different from the favorite. It's like the favorite one, then could be uh, you know the comfort movie, uh, like the the pleasure watch, and then you can ask uh, about the last thing you watched. For example, to know the how, how you know uh, what's the kind of what's the relationship with movies every day, uh, and then well, there is a, a, a like an interesting question. It's it's a kind of weird one. It's uh, what movie would you show to an alien to let him understand or let her understand? Um, What's humanity for you? Yeah, I think so. Let's do this. Yeah, let's let's so try. Favorite film, pleasure watch, last thing you've seen, and what you would show the aliens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm only gonna start because the movie I have is relevant to what we named the podcast. Yeah, my favorite movie, but I can. I mean, it became my favorite movie two years ago ish, but I think it is my favorite movie right now, and it's Do the Right Thing, directed by Spike Lee. Is it even my favorite Spike Lee movie? Th- that's no surprise. <laughs> I, I love She's Gotta Have It, which is his debut. That movie is Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. That's amazing. There's also a TV series, but yes, which the is movie good. is way better. Yeah. Oh, the movie is better, but I mean, the TV series, it kind of starts in, in that same vein, and then it sprawls into different directions yeah. as it's TV series. Uh, I think it ran for two seasons on Netflix. Maybe one. I've just seen With one. With the Wise. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't anyways, know. <laughs> uh, do the right thing. It's a movie that shaped me in many ways. I I'm both black and I'm also Italian and one of the big conflicts in the movie is between um 
you know, some black people in the neighborhood and then yeah. run a pizza parlor. And that's where the big final confrontation of the film, uh, you know, those are two social groups that that confrontation involves. But Do the Right Thing speaks to me because of that. It speaks to me because of the questions and identity that I keep asking myself and what side am I on and, and does it even matter? But also I think it's the most important film ever made about race relations and it's such a such a great statement by Spike Lee about what he's going to dedicate his career to and who he is as a filmmaker. The fact that he did this so early in his career is insane. It is a declarative statement. It did it, it make its way on the set and sound, right? Yeah. Um, it's one of the greatest films ever made, I can say that. But it also is my favorite film because of that, the personal, but also I think it's, a, it's well, an artistic achievement. Yeah, it's a, master, it's a masterpiece. Like, uh, yeah, it stands out, and you have to, um, to know that it existed to make something like that revolves around the same themes. It's like, you know. And they've tried so many times yeah, but, uh, they to failed. do something like that, like Crash. And yeah. uh, in, in a sense, uh, Three Billboards Outside in Missouri tried to do that same thing of finding a small story that encapsulates the truth, like the truths of America. But yeah, but no one has actually been able yeah, to that, do it that, in that's, the way did it. Yeah, that's so. a strange kind of formula. Yeah. It's strange because at the same time my favorite movie it's probably like never yeah it's there is no other movie like that as for the do the right thing and my favorite movie is Playtime by Jacques Tati I love that yeah it's it's great uh, it's about it's really about nothing it's about uh, people moving in the city uh, actually there is the, the main character is Monsieur Hulot uh, who finds himself uh, like perplexed by uh, this gigantic metropolis that seems Paris but is very much an, an, uh, yeah, an utopian kind of uh, gadget-filled Paris um, and the story is about his pseudo relationship with this tourist this female tourist and it's really just about his roundabout journey through the city through you know the screens of the city through the um, alienating structure and I love it because well I've written my thesis my undergraduate thesis on it yeah about the relationship between uh, the movie and uh, Walter Benjamin's aura uh, in the modernity and I think it's really a movie about how to survive in modernity by um, shifting the alienation, the al yeah, the alienating structures in a form of joy into a carousel. I think so. It's very it's it's an appeal. It's an uplifting movie, I guess. That's great. I I really enjoy it. I, one of the thing that I one of the things that I think about when when I recall playtime is that it's. In many ways, the the like the basis for so many office space designs. Yeah, it's and it's I in was, there. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching when we watched The Incredibles for one of our classes. In the beginning, 
there's a very similar when when he's working at the is it an insurance company it, it's designed very very similarly to how Tati designs it in, in Playtime and Barbie as well the Mattel offices yeah it, it was one of the influences of yes, uh, uh, Gerwig's yeah Gerwig Barbie definitely yeah. listed Jacques Tati yeah. and Jacques Demy as you know two of the big French New Wave influences for for Barbie Playtime's great I don't love it as much as you do, but I think it's a perfect movie. Yeah, I... There's no notes. Uh, I, I think we we can move to pleasure watches. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want to go with your pleasure watch? Switch it off? Switch yeah, yeah. Um, my pleasure watch some years ago uh, would have been, I think, Interstellar. I'm very fond of that movie. I'm very passionate about it. Uh, I also have... Uh, well, my parents, uh, for Christmas... Uh, gave me the watch, Murphy's watch. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I, I have it at home uh, in Italy. Uh, it's it's ama it's amazing for me. It's uh, it's it's a movie about you know lots of things, but it's mainly about the relationship between a father and a child, and and it hits me very hard every time. And I've seen it like nine times, and and I love I love its structure and everything. But now. I have a, uh, a new pleasure watch, which is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And I, I know you have a difficult relationship with that movie, but I think you have to watch it again. I do. Uh, because it's, it's, I think it's a very good movie um, by David Fincher, but it's not only a good movie, um, it's, um, it's a movie about the role of digital language in our society and in, in uh, like in relation to our bodies where is the truth of our bodies in a digital world that's the question behind the curious case of benjamin button great i, I read an article and you wrote an article where did you write the article i don't remember uh yeah it was an article on a um the an, an online page for an um, italian magazine called film tv yeah, and I enjoyed it. Obviously, yeah. not everyone who's gonna listen uh, speaks Italian, but you made you t wrote about it in a way that I never thought about, um, and maybe I need to revisit it because my parents loved that movie and we watched it when I was a kid. Yeah, but I, I, it's I, a family. It's a family movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> in in a way, <laughs> but I I haven't seen it in like three years, maybe. Yeah. So I I, I don't really have any. You know, recent relationship with it. My pleasure watch is just a stark difference. It's yeah, it's a completely different. It's Legally Blonde, directed by Robert Lukatic, but really it's Reese Witherspoon's movie. If I think about Maybe. Legally Blonde, I think it's a perfect movie because I couldn't cut anything from it. Every scene is tight. It's iconic. There, there's like 15 lines in the movie that I could recite to you right now. Don't you please, stop please, your shoes at me, honey? Please don't. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> gay. <laughs> so it's, I mean, what like is hard? I mean, there's a podcast in KCO Radio. I just found out that's called What Like Is Hard. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Amazing. Like Legally Blonde has such a reach. I I adore that movie, but I, I wanted to talk about it in the context of uh, a genre of movies that I'm gonna be very very adamant in talking about, which is the romantic comedy and the comedy geared towards women, which was once very degradingly called uh, the quote-unquote chick flick oh uh, yeah of course I, I, I reject that label and I don't know if other people reject that label because I think the viewership for those 
movies and TV shows has changed drastically as you know men have been placed in in shows like that and especially queer characters or characters who don't who aren't women um, who don't identify as women have been centered in these shows and movies the, the word chick I mean the expression chick flick is just not accurate anymore but I'm very interested in studying how relevant these movies are and why they've been relegated to streaming in the last three years of post-covid because there's such great content in content is such a horrible word I'm sorry but there's such great art being made in this genre the movies Fire Island and Bros and Palm Springs and this year Rye Lane are some of the best films of the last decade and people are not talking about them. I mean people are talking about them yeah, we're not thinking about them as art that is worth celebrating art that is worth discussing and and, and, and pushing there is a putting on yeah. the big screen yeah, there is a snobbish attitude towards that kind of movie. Yeah, and they're not considered highbrow or, or, or not even middlebrow. It's 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 a shame. Yeah, I guess. Legally Blonde is one of the greatest movies of this genre ever made. It is to me Reese Witherspoon's strongest performance. Uh, she she's incredible. Elle Woods is in some ways something that's crafted her public persona but it's also yeah crafted. yeah i get her it yeah performances like tracy flick in election uh, or even her work in cruel intentions or, or whatnot there, there's a lot of weird stuff on reese witherspoon's uh, cv but legally blonde is it's the it's the peak of uh, of her you know performative artistry she's she's amazing and, and she, she has such a great physical and, and emotional performance in funny it's iconic and it hits it hits <laughs> it's great yeah and w what's the last movie you've seen <laughs> we're laughing technically the last movie i've seen is killers of the fire moon wow. but i don't want to talk about it because yeah. we are we already recorded on killers of the fire moon and it was a yeah it was a long i rewatched it in long IMAX episode. and just to set the record straight, I loved the movie, and I loved it more than I said in the podcast that you're gonna hear on Friday. Yeah, yeah, that's a strange uh, Nolan loophole. <laughs> and well, please save your money and go to the BFI IMAX in Waterloo to see the movie at full scale. It's a three-hour and a half-long movie, but as Corsese said, please like um, give it a try. Mm, trust. The Seventh Art, I don't know, I whatever. Well, Martin Scorsese directly, because he posted. He posted on, on Instagram, right? He said, "Now I just want people to see it, to absorb it, to be with it." Yeah. And I think there's no no better way to describe it than yeah. the way he said it. If, but yeah. Not. I just want to mention something else. Speaking of um, of comedies, I saw the other Chloe directed by Sarah Zandi. Oh, I've never seen it. It's not good. <laughs> uh, and I saw it on uh, Prime Video, and it stars um, one of the Langford sisters, the one who's in the after... Oh, you have seen a movie with a Langford sister, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Look, I I'm glad that people have things like these that they can watch. Don't involve me. Uh, it it's not that it's not my thing. It is very much my thing. It was just an unsuccessful attempt at yeah. showing the story of someone who is a cynic, doesn't believe in love, meets someone who makes her opinion on love shift and uh, happily ever after. 
it, it, it feels like it was written by AI, and I don't want to be this mean, but it deserves it because it's it's a company ploy to make something that leads to the disrespect to a genre that I think, you know, if you've seen the work of people like Nancy Myers and, uh, and Nora Ephron, it, it is a genre that <laughs> deserves respect. And the other Chloe makes it very hard for people. <laughs> Movies like the other Chloe and Beautiful Disaster, which is one of the weakest films I've seen this year also <laughs> make it hard for us to to respect this genre but you know watch it if you want I think it it, it, it is campy and um, some people might enjoy it it could be so good it's so bad it's good could, could be like yeah in a twisting way <laughs> but it wasn't wasn't strong uh, also I've seen Gen V recently oh. the, the boys oh yeah the series the it's, spin-off of the boys right it's it's, 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 it's good? That's unbelievable. It's great. Uh, I, as I said, I enjoy my uh, uni campus comedy, but it's done with explicit violence and blood and, and nudity and, and profanity, and it's totally experimental. It, it cuts to black in one of the... It's, it cuts to back in, in episode four-ish. Oh, I, I just spoiled an episode. Yeah. But it cuts out of a scene and brings you exactly a smash cut into a completely different scene. So much that the boy's Twitter account had to say, Yo, your TVs didn't break. That was meant to be done. So they do stuff like that. They cut from scene to scene in weird ways. Um, they uh, Like pushing the limits. So yeah, yeah, they push okay. the limits okay. uh, comedically artistically in every possible way i it's like watching I, I wrote this on my insta stories but it's like watching the last 10 minutes of bottoms but it's eight hours worth <laughs> okay okay cool. I, I talk with you on. no don't worry uh I've, I've seen a yeah my last movie was totally different from yours uh i went to the slow film festival in Leiterstone this weekend uh, and i was surprised to find out that the city is the hometown of alfred Hitchcock. Uh, it, it was impressive, yeah, I, I was like walking in the subway, of Le- Leytonstone subway, and there are like mosaics of all Hitchcock films, it, it was amazing, yeah. And at the Slow Film Festival I have seen an incredible movie, it was screened only once uh, in the UK, it's called Twin Peaks, and it's, it's uh, from 1977, so before David Lynch's um, famous TV series. Uh, it's directed by Al Wong. It's a long-form structural film about this guy uh, who was a director, but was, was also uh, working as a delivery dri- driver. And the film is very much about uh, his like, route in the, um, I think, San Francisco Twin Peaks, which is like uh, an highway. And it's... Uh, it's a movie that revolves around Zen Buddhism concepts, but it's, I don't know, it's a monumental masterwork uh, about this hypnotic voyage um, that deconstructs your perspective uh, and your whole, I think, eyes. Uh, it, it, it was amazing. It was a nice experience. And it's so unfortunate that these kind of movies uh, are very little seen, uh, I think. But I'm grateful to this Loafing Festival. It was a nice addition. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, we should definitely talk about movies like that. Yeah. We should put push stuff that people don't watch, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I, I was, uh, it was, it was funny because uh, you know, 
uh, after the movie, there was a masterclass with Victor Fang. Uh, and your professor? Yeah, your yeah. professor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. Great. He was talking about Buddhism. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and thanks for the masterclass. <laughs> so well, that's it uh, for the last movie I've seen. Mm, I think we have like one remaining thing which is and I'm gonna ask you which movie are you gonna show the aliens if they are like coming to you asking for what's humanity yeah I mean here's the thing you said for what's humanity I had a movie ready for a movie that I could show the aliens to show what is film. Oh, cool. What is That's cool. And the, and the movie that I chose is Day for Night. The film oh, by Oh, of course, Rupo, of course. Which uh, details the production of a movie. That's a nice peek. Through the twists and turns of uh, everything that happens in production. It's actually, the movie sounds very similar to a movie called The Soft Skin, which he directed before Day for Night. Because of the, I, remember, I noticed that because of the cat drinking milk scene, and that's ha- something that happens in Day for in uh, Soft Skin. Yeah. Which is a film about an older man who has an affair with a younger woman, which is also the plot of the film that they're um, filming in Day for Night. Um, I, I, I went into a bit of a Truffaut deep deep dive <laughs> years ago, uh, but yeah, Day for Night is one of my favorite movies. My favorite of Truffauts, that or um, Stolen Kisses. These could two, be, could be, yeah. Favorites. But day for night, I think if you're trying to show what is the art of filmmaking, what is the the highs and the lows, everything in between, it's been you know praised as being a very honest depiction of film production and and, and all of the things that might happen. And actually, Godard, the, the friendship between Godard and Truffaut fell off, like they fell off because of this movie. And Godard called it a piece of garbage or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I remember. And he wrote a letter, like, raging, like, your shit and everything. It was, like, it was all a fabrication. This is not how movies are actually made. But whether or not that's the truth, and each production is different, and this movie was made in 1973, you know, I, I think that this movie has some, say, says, something, says something true about film and filmmaking, the, the spirit of everyone involved in the process, as well as humanity itself because you, you definitely get a huge variety of people out there in the film you, you get to see a lot of nastiness but you also get to see a, pe- a lot of people who are happy to be there a lot of people who are working really hard to make this work so you you get a huge you know spectrum of personalities but you also get to know what the art of filmmaking is and if you're going to show a movie that the aliens are that is meant to explain to the aliens what being human is like i think maybe it, it would be great to choose a movie that shows aliens what what mo- movies yeah. are yeah that that's cool it's it's yeah uh I, yeah I, I don't know why you you gave us always so like uplifting titles <laughs> funny titles and and i'm like depressive and you know serious and like full of i don't know boring stuff and I, I don't want to change my title, but... This is why I, we're partnering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like we're yin yang. the sun and the moon. Yeah. Whatever. Well, my moon title is, you know... Um, it actually, I'm, I'm cheating a bit. I don't know if we can call it a movie. Probably it's a 10-hour long movie. Or it's a 10-hour TV series. I don't know. It was made for Polish TV. 
uh, by Krzysztof Kieslowski and my choice is the Decalogue mm-hmm. uh, by him. Um, it's, well, it's it, it's the Decalogue. So it's like every single episode is on one line of the Decalogue of the Bible um, and focuses, the, the TV series or the, the movie, focuses on, on the residents of a housing complex in late communist Poland uh, whose lives become, you know, subtly intertwined as they face emotional dilemmas, uh, tragedies, uh, uh, personal uh, stories, uh, um, and uh, well, these stories are at the same time deeply personal and universally human. It's that kind of synthetic vibe between the intimate universe and uh, a gigantic notion of how society works, how human beings uh, behave and relate to each other, and it's it's moving. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I've seen probably in the Decalogue, I've seen probably some of the greatest images ever directed, ever represented. It's about cons- well, it concerns life, death. Uh, love, hate, truth, the passage of time. Uh, and well, that's that's my depressive. <laughs> yeah, I think if an alien comes to me, I'm gonna say, think about the Decalogue, which is also an institution, a, lang- a linguistic institution that has never been truly analyzed by you know literature or cinema. There is only this like ten hour. Polished TV series about it, and it's it's amazing. It's tr- extraordinary. I've never seen it, but on on that on that front of the passage of time, I was thinking that my second option was gonna be Boyhood. Yeah, that oh that that's imagine an alien watching Boyhood. Like you're it, just it, going through it, the first like, like the, 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 basically the upbringing of a young man. Yeah, it's but 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 the interesting thing is that. It's the same man. It's like yeah. with the with that link later, genius technique. It's not yeah. just that. Like, it's also like you learn so much about the dad, the mother. They're so different from the start to the finish, um, of, uh, to the start to the end of the film. And Patricia Patricia Arquette in that scene, the final scene that she has, where she's just like, I thought there I th- would be more. Yeah, that 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 hit me. It was amazing. Because we yeah. obviously, I totally have, have more that time. We're yeah. Parents, but there's so much empathy that goes for, goes into depicting the experience of a parent. Obviously, Linklater is a parent. His daughter is in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. It's true. Well, we've we've done it. We've done it. We have uh, given a good summary of who we are and what we want to do on this podcast, and we hope that you will join us on this ride actively. So without further ado, I'm Joao. I'm Leo. And this was Do the Right Film Podcast. Yeah.